Class is about to start. Thank oh. you for class. Oh. Sit on the couch if you want. Okay, here. Have a seat. Uh, Hare Krishna. That's uh, the great soul Brahma Tirth in the background there. So you can offer candles and incense to him. So welcome to our weekly Bhagavatam class. It is Sunday, uh, March 21st in Gainesville, Florida, planet Earth. And so we are going to begin with verse 110.23. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we have very poetic verses. Again, these are the ladies speaking, very beautiful poetic verses and uh, very philosophical. Savayam jat paramatra surayo jitendriya nirjita matari swanaha pashanti bhaktyut kalitam alatmana nanvesha satang parimarsum arhati. So, uh, again, they begin by saying savai which means something like, in the previous verse, it was sa-eva. Uh, and the verse before that, it was sa-vai. So it's very interesting. We, we have a series of verses here which are very emphatic, very insistent, where they're saying, it is he, he's the one. And, and that's really what it sounds like in Sanskrit, he's the one. Sa-va-ayam. Sa means he, ayam means like also this one, and Vai, indeed, so he is the very one. He is the one. And all the verses are starting this way. So if we're still allowed to use that word, the, these great ladies who are associates of Krishna, you could say are preaching, not in any ignorant way, but they are really not, not preaching. They're insisting on this point. It is he. He is the one. He is the very one. And so they're glorifying him in this way, and all the verses begin this way. Pashyanti. He is the very one, Jatpadam, whose feet, whose feet, Atra, here in this world, Surayaha, the godly people, Jitendriya, who have conquered their senses. In other words, basically people who follow the regular principles people who have conquered their senses, who can control themselves, who can keep themselves on the path of virtuous life. Jitendriya nirjita matar iswanaha. And who have also specifically conquered nirjita matar the breath, their breathing. Uh, it's translated here as... Uh, Early control of their life and the word for word, full control of life and senses. So Matarishwana, sort of a poetic word. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you very briefly what that means from the dictionary, because I think it's because these words have ranges of meaning which are interesting. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Sorry, I must have spelled it wrong there. Uh, one second. Oh, 
that's right. We have to go to database. Sorry, I got all these applications open. Matarishwana. Okay, sorry. One. Before you ask for a refund, let me get to that. Uh, somehow it's not coming up in the dictionary, so I won't waste time with that. Wrong time to call. So Savayam Jatparamatra Surayo Jitendriya Nirjitamat, but who's conquered the life. So in Sanskrit, the various words for breath, such as Matarishwa, Matarishwa, uh, Matarishwan, or uh, Prana, or Asu. For example, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Gatasunza Gatasunsha Nanusho Chanti Pandita, that the wise do not lament for the living or the dead. So the word Krishna uses for the living is agata asu, one whose asu, whose life has not gone. In other words, whose vital air, whose life breath has not gone. And then gata asu, those whose life breath has gone. So anyway, I found this word in the dictionary. Um, it's a name of, uh, it's, it's name, it's identified with vayu or the wind, air, wind, breeze. So it's it's actually a poetic expression here to use the word in this Sanskrit context because matarishwan often means vayu, the god of wind, or it means the wind or the air, or the there, there's a series of demigods, there's a group of demigods, the uh, maruts who control the wind and the air under vayu. So it's a poetic thing to say that those who have controlled their matarishwan if you look at this verse, in other words, those who have controlled their life, who, who can, in other words, it's not that life is controlling them. Like if something bad happens, then I get depressed or I get bewildered. Or if something good happens, I in, engage in inappropriate sort of excitement and take credit for it or think that I'm the enjoyer of my good fortune. So controlling your life means because life is Unpredictable, it's Kali Yuga, all kinds of things happen. And so if despite all these things, we keep our balance, it's like almost like a man on a wild horse where you've got to just stay on the horse. And so life really is just staying in the saddle, to use a Western image there. Um, so that's what it means to conquer life or to conquer the life, air. Life, air, whether it's Asu, Prana, or Matarishwan, a synonym for life itself. So, Pashanti, so these people, these Suris, these saintly people, godly people who have conquered their senses, who have conquered their very life, they're, they're, they're governing their life rather than being controlled by life events. They see, Pashanti, they see, Bhaktiut Kalitamalatmana, with their mind, as Prabhupada translates, literally their self or their soul, which is Amala, uh, free of contamination. And their soul, their very soul or their consciousness it has been, um, what would the word be? It's it blossomed or has really flourished, let us say flourished by bhakti, bhakti ukalita, which means something which is flourishing because of devotion to Krishna. So because of devotion to Krishna, uh, their pure minds or their, their pure souls are flourishing. That's the idea here. 
And in that state, Pashanti, they see, Nanu indeed, uh, they see his lotus feet. And therefore, Nanu, therefore, Asha, he, the Lord, Satung Parimarstum Arhati, which literally means something like he should be so kind as to, or he should completely cleanse existence, our existence, Satum. Sat literally is the, um, Sat is the uh, present participle of the verb to be in Sanskrit. So Sat literally means being. And just like in English, it's a participle which can be used as a noun. So in English, you could say he is being silly. So you can use it as a, as a verb, as a participle. He is being this or that, or she is being, or you can say a living being. So it's same in Sanskrit. The word sat can literally mean being, like something is being a certain way, or it can mean a living being. And, uh, in the Bhagavad Gita, when Krishna says, Nasato Vidyate Bhavo, that that which is asat has no bhava. And what Krishna is doing there, uh, I don't know, how is that translated? For the temporary, there is no existence, and for the eternal, there is no non existence, or something like that. But really, what Krishna is doing in that Bhagavad Gita verse, I'll tell you actually what verse it is. It's uh, in the Bhagavad Gita, it's verse 216. Where Krishna says, Nasato Vidyate Bhavo. Abhi Asat, there's no bhava. So what Krishna's doing here, he's just um he's he's using the two principal Sanskrit verbs which mean to be or to exist. And so he says, for for the asataha, for that which is non-being or which is not truly being, there is no existence. Bhava in the sense of spiritual existence and not abhava, there is no non-being for that which is set. So it's a very interesting verse, how Krishna is using these two main verbs in Sanskrit for existence or being. But in any case, going back to our verse here, uh, it simply said that so we have the word satvam. So twam in Sanskrit is a suffix, which is something like the English ness, like goodness, or uh, what would another one be? Happiness, thank you. The minister of lexicon here. So happiness or goodness, so you can say. Uh, and so in Sanskrit, you kind of have that sense of ness with twam. So beingness, satwam. So it really means kind of like uh, the state of being a real thing. And so it can refer to our real existence. It can refer to a being that exists, satta. Is also a word used in the Bhagavatam in other places to mean just a being, uh, a creature, something like that. So, but here it said pari marstu. Marstu means it's it's a Sanskrit infinitive to purify, to cleanse, to cleanse something. I think that's in the uh, the Shikshastra prayer. Sivigraha radhana nityanana singaratan mandira marjanado. Yeah, mandira marjana. Mandira marjana means cleaning the temple, cleaning the mandir. So the word marjana, and here we have the infinitive marshtum, to cleanse, and pari, which is English pari, around like perimeter. So pari means all around. It's 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 a way in Sanskrit of saying completely. 
So Pari Marstum is to completely cleanse. So the Lord should, it is fitting that the Lord cleanse our existence, our very existence, because those who see him, uh, those who see him with their very self, their mind, their pure minds blossoming with devotion, uh, they see his lotus feet, those who have controlled their senses, those who have conquered their life, they were governing their life instead of being ruled by it, by the random events of life. And uh, these suraya, these godly people, they see his feet. Therefore, the Lord, because of his mercy, because of his power to purify, should fully cleanse our existence. So it's a very beautiful verse and uh, spoken by these ladies. So the next verse, 24, is Sava'ayam. Again, I mean, there's this, this is actually very powerful. If, if you really, if, if you understand Sanskrit, uh, it's very powerful. We have these, these verses over and over again. The ladies are saying, he is the one. It is he. And, and, and very emphatic. These are powerful, um, determined devotees who are just insisting on the truth. So they're they're displaying this enthusiasm, this determination to speak the truth and to insist that Krishna is the one. He is the one who's who is all these things. So here again they say Savayam Saki, and they say, Saki, my dear friend. So this is conversation among friends. This very elevated poetic uh, intellectual theology is being spoken among girlfriends. So if you want to know what Vedic women were like, read these verses. So, Sava Ayam Saki Anugita Satkato Vedeshu Guyeshu Chaguhi Vadi V, Jaeka Isho Jagarat Malila, Ya Sajati Vatiati Natatra Sajate. So, uh, I'll read Prabhu's translation. Our, oh, dear friends, here is that very personality of Godhead that very personality of God whose attractive and confidential pastimes are described in the confidential parts of Vedic literature by his great devotees. It is he only who creates, maintains, and annihilates the material world and yet remains unaffected. So Prabhupada is described in the confidential parts of Vedic literature. So, uh, Anugita, Gita means sum. Gita, with a long A, means song. This is Gita, simply means sung. Something is sung. And Anu means to follow. And so it's a way, of, when you put Anu in front of a word, it's a way of saying continuously, like one moment following the next. So Anu Gita means uh, always described, constantly, continuously sung about. So what he is a person who's Satkata, who's... Um, Pure stories, spiritual stories, the spiritual stories about him are continuously sung. So that's that's an epithet given to Krishna, Anugita Satkato. And then Vedeshu Guhyeshu Cha Guhyavadivi. And they are sung in the Guhya, the, the Sanskrit verb Gu means to conceal or hide. So for example, Guha means a cave, like a secret place. And so Guhya means something which is to be concealed. In other words, something which is very confidential. And so uh, here we have Vedeshu Guhyeshu in the confidential Vedas. 
Because as we know, as Krishna explains in the Gita, some of the Vedas are just karmakanda. It's just business where, okay, you know, offer these things to the devas, you'll get these rewards. It's basically sort of cosmic commerce. And Krishna criticizes this in the Bhagavad Gita, actually. He himself says, this part of the Vedas is not really the point. And he even says that Trigunya Bishaya Veda, that the Vedas uh, focus on material life. And then in chapter 9, Krishna, of course, says that Trividya, Somapa, Puttapapa, Sorgatin, Parathyante, that those who are Trividya, who study the three Vedas, which in this case would be Rig, Yajur, and Samaveda, and aspire a Swargatim Pratyante. They aspire to Swargatim, which is the heavenly path, going up to material heaven. And then Shine Punye, when their piety is used up, it's just like if you they come back down. So if you go to a hotel and you rent a really nice suite, but then when your credit card is maxed out, they throw you out. Like, I'm sorry, sir, but your credit card is... Uh, appears to have uh, no further credit and then you got to leave before two o'clock hey. <laughs> so um it's just like that chine punye when you're because you get punya points you know it goes into your punya bank account and then you can spend it however you like you know and then when your punya bank account is you know overdrawn then you come crashing back down to earth so Krishna in various ways, and then he says, Chine punye sorgating partiante, even trai dharma manuprapana. Thus, by sort of surrendering to or dedicating themselves to the trai dharma, the dharma, the duties of the three Vedas, gadagatam kama kama lavante. All they got for it was literally going and coming. You know, they went up there they, to heaven and they came crashing back down. <clears throat> because they were kama kama. In Sanskrit, the word wish can be used as a noun or a verb, like like I want three wishes or I wish for something. That's the same in Sanskrit, or desire, like I have desires or I desire. So literally, kama kama means that those who are desiring their desires, kama kama levante, those who are desiring their desires, all they got for their trouble was to go up and come and to fall back down. So, um, therefore, here the verse says, Vedeshu Guyeshu, the confidential parts of the Vedas, not the mundane parts, the trigunya parts, but the, the, the truly spiritual parts, the confidential parts. And confidential in Sanskrit, uh, it doesn't just mean that... Uh, you know, don't tell anyone, but Krishna is God. Because as we know, the Vaishnavas were always trying to tell people this. Confidential in Sanskrit uh, really means something like what we would today call advanced, like advanced knowledge. Because it's understood that knowledge is a pyramid. So the more advanced knowledge is in, in physics or literary studies, whatever, the fewer people know it. The more advanced any field of knowledge is, the fewer people know it. And because it requires more qualification, more dedication, uh, therefore it remains confidential in the sense that most people don't know it. So that's really what Guya means, like in the advanced portions of the Vedas. So Vedeshu Guyeshu Cha Guya Vadi B, and it's his Satkata, his his spiritual the spiritual stories about him are uh, continuously sung 
by guhyavadivi, by the speakers of advanced knowledge. Guhyavadivi. So speakers of advanced knowledge recite from the advanced Vedas. They continuously sing uh, his spiritual stories. So that's literally what it says. And he's the very one that's getting all this attention. He's the one that intelligent advanced people are singing about. So Jaika Isho Jagrat And so the one who is he who is one, Ya Eka, literally he who is Eka Isha, the one Lord. He who is the one Lord, Ya Eka Isho Jagarat Malilaya by his pastime, Lilaya, as the cosmic soul or the soul of the of the universe, Jagadatma, just like Krishna is called Jagannatha. Natha means Lord, but it means Natha means Lord, really, especially in the sense of being the, the guardian. So he's like the guardian of the universe. What do they have, some kind of thing, guardians of the galaxy or something? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, theirs is fiction. This is nonfiction. So Krishna literally, uh, Jagadatma is the soul of the gal- uh, of the universe, or the Jagannatha, the guardian of the universe. Jaika Isho Jagadatma Lila So by his pastime, he creates, maintains, and destroys the universe. And in those actions, Nasajate, Natatra Sajate, he does not become attached. Ati literally means he consumes or eats the universe. He like, he lets it go. He releases it, creates it. He maintains it and he just like consumes it, draws it in. So uh, ati is from the verb ad to eat. And that's where we get the word anna, as in say anamrita. So anna, which people, some people say means rice. And therefore they don't say this word on ecodicy. However, it actually means food. And it exactly, it's exactly like the Spanish word comida, which means that which is eaten. And so anna literally is the past participle of the verb to eat. It means the eaten, the eaten. So anyway, and so, so imagine if you had to create a whole universe or lots of universes and maintain them and destroy them, you know, you might become a little proud, like, I don't want to brag, but I just created a universe. So if you consider the scale on which Krishna is working, it's remarkable that, shucks, that was nothing. You know, it's just he creates the universe, he maintains it, which is not easy. I mean, here we are, for example, in Gainesville, trying to maintain one institute or get it set up, and we know how hard we're working. So to maintain the whole universe, because, I mean, things don't happen automatically. For example, your body is is born... And it lives, you put food in your body, it digests, you breathe air, the, you know, the air is fuel and the body processes it. These things don't happen automatically. They don't happen automatically. It was set up that way. In a factory, there, you know, things happen, you could say automatically because someone built the machines and someone maintains the machines and someone fixes the machines and someone monitors everything. So if you want to call that automatic, you know, Knock yourself out. So, so Krishna is doing all of this, and yet he's not attached. He just, no false ego, no pride. He just does it. 
a remarkable person to say the least. So maybe we'll do one more verse. Let's see. Oh, this is a powerful verse. I mean, the Sanskrit, when you read it in Sanskrit, you know Sanskrit's really get your blood going. Yada hidarmena tamodhiyo nirpa jivanti tatraisha hi satta takkila date bhagang satyangratang dayang jasho bhavaya rupani dadad yuge yuge. This is a magnificent verse. I'll try to do it justice in, in English, but it's the Sanskrit is just thrilling. Uh, let's see. So I'll read Prabhupada's translation. Whenever there are kings and administrators living like animals in the lowest modes of existence, the Lord in his transcendental form manifests his supreme power. Prabhupada says the truth positive with capital T and capital P. Shows special mercy to the faithful and performs wonderful activities. He thus manifests various transcendental forms in different periods and ages as necessary. So let's just take a look at this verse. This will be the last one today, and then we'll see if you have any questions. Yada hi, indeed when, yada hi, adharmena tamodhiyonripa, the kings whose consciousness is darkness, in, 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 in the consciousness of darkness, tamodhiyo, and then jivanti, they live, adharmena, they live by injustice. They live by injustice and uh, by by breaking the, the, the universal law. They live by injustice. So then, indeed, the Lord, Esha, he, he indeed, Satvataha, from his power, from his, from his own pure existence, Kila, indeed, he, Kila, again, we have all these emphatic words. The ladies who are speaking these verses, they are, to use an old ISKCON expression, fired up. I don't know if that word is still used, but they are, I mean, they're using all these emphatic, expressive words. He, indeed, he is the one. And, and it, it's a very dramatic, dynamic, enthusiastic series of statements. So, Tate Bhagam, the word Bhaga. In Sanskrit is, of course, the word from which we get Bhagavan. And so Prabhupada translates it here as uh, Bhaga, as uh, supreme power, as supreme power, which is a very interesting translation. Um, the dictionary Bhaga, because Krishna is Bhagavan, the one who possesses, possesses Bhaga, uh, it can mean just give you an idea, because if you know Sanskrit, it, it sounds like all these things. Good fortune, happiness, welfare, prosperity, dignity, majesty, distinction, excellence, beauty, loveliness, uh, and so on. So majesty, so that they means the Lord just, you know, manifests. He imposes his majesty. It's very powerful. That they bhagam, satyam, truth, rhythm. And the word ritha is, is a, an old Sanskrit word for truth. Uh, so Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna says to Krishna in Bhagavad Gita, Sarvametadritangmanye, I, I believe that everything you have spoken is ritha. So ritha as in Sanskrit as an adjective can mean right, fit, apt, suitable, able, 
and as a noun, it can be um, fixed or settled order, law, rule, especially in, in religion. A sacred or pious action or custom, divine law, divine law, faith, divine truth. So you can see this word is really loaded. And so, uh, so and of course, the word satyam also means truth. And, and so that day, the Lord imposes, the Lord displays his majesty, his truth, his, his just that he, that he, he imposes, he, he manifests the cosmic law. And in fact, uh, scholars say that um, Rita in older Sanskrit literature has a sense which later is, is expressed in classical Sanskrit by the word dharma in the sense of the cosmic law, the uh, the universal law. So that's this word. So satyam, ritam, dayam, mercy, and just show his fame and uh, bhavaya for the flourishing of the world. For the flourishing of the world. He does this. Uh, and rupani dadat. Uh, now, if you know Sanskrit, you have to know that the word tate he establishes now we have the word dadat which is the same word the only difference is dadate means he establishes it's from, it's from the root ta and uh, dadat is just the present participle the same word so he establishes all the all these things or or he manifests all these things by manifesting forms beautiful forms yuge yuge in each yuga so it's very interesting. Of course, you have to know a little about Sanskrit grammar to get this. But the idea here in the Sanskrit is that Krishna manifests his glory, his majesty, his truth, the divine law, mercy, and fame for the benefit of the world. He manifests all this by manifesting his own spiritual forms in every yuga. And so that, and that's why you can see that if you know that the word tate and the word dadat are the same verb just in a, uh, the present tense or present participle. So we'll stop there. Uh, I know there are many Sanskrit grammar fans out there. So let's see, now we'll go to uh, StreamYard or whatever platform. Let's see if there are any questions. Uh, <sighs> Thank you for your kind comments. Uh, let's see. So far, no questions. Maybe there are no questions. Oh, here's a question. This is from Rajendranandana. Krishna book, in Krishna book, it says that envy is the cause of fear. Can you please explain this a little more? Well, not directly related, but how envy is the cause of fear. Interesting. Uh, if you 
think and act as a pure soul, you are always protected by Krishna. If you envy someone else, you're crossing a line and, and therefore you're subjecting yourself to future reactions because, you know, the way it, there's, it's, it said in the, in the Mahabharata and, and other places that uh, the Dharma Rakshito Rakshiti, when Dharma is protected, it protects when Dharma is nourished, it nourishes, and so on. So, so Dharma is actually just like, I mean, that's actually where, uh, what's his name? Um, George Lucas. That's where they got the idea that, you know, may the force be with you, because the idea of a cosmic force, which is active, which is not simply a passive force, but an active force, that an active moral force in the universe comes from the notion of Dharma by way of, uh, sort of mystic uh, Japanese martial arts philosophy coming from India. So, so the idea here is that Dharma is not simply like a rule written in a book somewhere. It's actually a cosmic force so that if you violate Dharma, Dharma will reciprocate. It, it, will, it will come after you. And so therefore... If we envy, that's a demonic quality. If we envy, and so therefore it triggers a reaction. It puts us in danger, and it, in, in, it you say, um, intuitively causes fear. Uh, let's see. How is it that the five avidyas are created by Brahma if these are the functions of Mahamaya? Well, Mahamaya, in that sense, if this is, you know, this is Devi Dham, this is the world of Maya, and therefore Brahma, in that sense, as a servant of Krishna, also has to do what Maya needs to be done. Uh, so, I mean, even Krishna, even Krishna sometimes conceals himself or uses esoteric language and shastra so the envious can't approach him. So to keep envious people away, by Maya, even Krishna does that. And it said in the Brahma Samhita that Chayiva Jasya Bhuvanani Vibharti Durga, that Maya actually moves as a shadow of Krishna. So Maya is obeying Krishna, and therefore to create illusion is also something that Krishna ultimately has ordered because so that the universe can fulfill its purpose. So, um, anything else? Uh, why is the Atara Veda sometimes not included? The other three Vedas because it has some voodoo in it. And so the Brahmins, the mode of goodness, you know, they were kind of wanted to keep it apart. Uh, let's see, that's it. So did I skip any questions? Please, uh, Nandalila can let me know if I skip. I think that's it. So thank you all very much for your for watching and I hope you'll all be with us next Sunday. Um, so I now see hit the button. Where's that button? Actually, where's the button? Am I trapped here for the rest of my life? Uh, oh, there it is. Okay. There's the button. All right, Krishna.